The champ is here. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I must be the greatest. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to stand with the people. The champ is here. I will, I will not, not, not lose. lose. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with we. My name is EJ, and I got my man. M.H. Yes, he's the DB of the show, and we are Black in Sports, giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble. Here interviewing the best professionals in the game and in the boardroom. Covering it all, laughing it all, while providing a platform to be heard. So you know what we like to do around this time. we got to welcome our guests, man. I'm not going to cut right to it because we got a lot to talk about by my man right here. So, so excited to have him in the, in, the, um, in the house. The Director of Business Development and Sports Research Innovation Initiative at UNLV. Let's clap it up for Jay Vickers. Let's clap it up, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Yes, welcome, sir. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. Oh, good man. to see you. Hey, good to see you, man. It's so... Just <laughs> the whole backstory is amazing. <laughs> but glad to have you in here. So how we start the show, man, is we start the show with a shoot your shot moment. So this is where you give us a story where you bet on yourself, win or lose, you went for it all, and you're like, yo, I I, I got this, I'm going to go for it. So win or lose, give us that shoot your shot story. Then don't give yourself, man, I always shoot my shot. <laughs> go. You know, what's interesting is that I, I feel like I got two moments when I shot my shot. Okay, let's hit it. Uh, the first one is, you know, being a first-generation college grad, you don't know exactly what you want to do, how you're going to do it. Um, so I made a decision because I grew up uh, in Florida, Seminole fan. Florida boys, <laughs> watch FLA, uh, let's go. Watch Charlie Ward, watch Ooh. Ward Dunn. Yes, all these yes, guys. let's go. Just the greatness that Florida State had back in the back in the nineties. Shout boys. out, Coach Coach Sanders too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now right Coach on. Sanders. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah. So back in the nineties, back then, just Bobby watching D. just that that whole that whole just generation of Seminoles coming out. Um, but I made a decision that was going to definitely change my life for the next 40 years. Mm. Um, and that wasn't something I was thinking about. What I was thinking about at that time was I just got to get scholarship. I got to yeah. figure out a way to get out. Right. I got to figure out a way to make my parents proud. And me being a Seminole and doing a tomahawk chop was going to be the way to do it. <laughs> um, but when I met different people, and uh, I want to say Lou Holtz, Mm. When I went to Notre, when I, I went to go visit Notre Dame, and even before then, I was getting recruited to protect the school at the time that was recruiting me. But I was fortunate to get recruited by several schools. Awesome. And I had a knee injury my senior year in high school, and I'm sitting there with a big brace on. And the guy, I asked the recruiter, I said, "Look, why are you still recruiting me?" <laughs> and he said, "I said I have this big knee brace on, and you're telling me to come to your school." Uh -huh. He goes, "Jay, well, I love the fact that you are a student athlete. Mm. We know you're qualified." You got a 4-2 GPA. You're already taking college Boy. courses. You're doing do all these types. Well, I was a nerd jock. So you're doing all <laughs> these type things. He goes, we need that here at our institution. Uh, so finally, listen to my mom and dad. The light bulb, the light bulb went off. And uh -huh. I said, listen, so you recruiting me because of my grades? Because you know I can play ball? I can run again? He goes, absolutely. We got the best doctors. All right. Ashley took them off the list and only looked at schools that had a great tradition in academics and athletics. Wow. So I looked at schools like Northwestern and Michigan, Notre Dame, and Duke and others. And granted, Duke didn't have that from an athletic standpoint, right. but mm -hmm. they had the academics. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and I still kept Florida State on there. But when I went to Notre Dame and the family and the brotherhood that we have, the guys that I still connect with, 
it was a leap of faith to go away from my parents, away from all my family, away from the people that I love and I knew about and being in that comfort zone Mm -hmm. and going that far away. My first time on a plane at that time was going on my visit. On the visit. Wow. That's a shot. No, that's a real shot, right? (laughs) That is is a a, a definitely a super shot. Let me tell you, the real shot is going from Florida to Indiana. Uh, oh, and that cold. We don't, we don't get into. <laughs> we definitely don't get into <laughs> we, that. We don't get into that. So, for so, sure. so head with the miles. So, where did the love, kind of backing up, where did the love for sports start? You know what, man? I was just a young kid, and you know, you, I was exposed to it just by playing outside. And you know, you have different people that decide they want to be part of a fraternity, they want to be part of a sorority, mm-hmm. they want to be part of any kind of club, or in the case, maybe my club was sports. My club was being outside. And that's how I made friends. That's how I was able to separate myself from the others. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my cool factor, if you will. And so, and the fact that I was gifted with speed, gifted with size, gifted with a tenacity to go out and try to just, you know, outperform the competition, it, it attracted it attracted me. But then it also it attracted me to other people. Yeah. So it allowed me to build those relationships that. At the time, at a young kid, you don't realize how important those relationships are. Right. And you start to realize then that, man, I got great friends. Some of the best friends I've met in my entire life is I met them on the football field or the basketball court or on the track, you know, whatever the case may be, because I ran track and played football. What was was the event in track? Got to ask that. Uh, 100 to 4 by 1. Ooh, and a two hundred. What leg? Uh, yeah. At over at over two hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, <laughs> y'all different in Florida. Yeah. Right? So no, my 100%. my senior year, I ran a at the at the Nike Combine. I ran a four four three. Humble brag. Mm. Yeah. The Nike Combine. How much huh? you weigh then? I was probably two hundred five. Two hundred five. Scoot four three. Yeah. What leg did you run four by? Uh, second, second when we won a state championship. Four by one. Yeah. I was four a by sophomore. two. No, four by one. Four by one. Yeah. Two hundred? Four hundred? I ran the two hundred, but then I ran the one hundred. But the two hundred is like punishment though. No, the four hundred. That's two that's what it, no, that they really don't like you. <laughs> they was like, Mom, Mom four hundred, eight hundred, get two laps. Let me tell you. <laughs> that four hundred, my right. coach just said, Look, you gotta you gotta run that, Vickers. You gotta run that. <laughs> no. Yeah, coach. I'm, I'm, I'm I feel it. Uh, So, uh, growing up, brothers and sisters? Yes. So, I have uh, two sisters, one brother. We're two half sisters. Okay. um, But we don't see each other that way. No, I don't. Then I have a brother. Okay. Yeah. Any of them play sports as well? Brother played football. Okay. Uh, My sisters didn't play sports. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's pretty much it. Nice. So, is it naturally running back position right in high school? You know what? It was defense, and I always had a attraction to running back. Okay. Because of my speed. Okay. And the ability just to be able to play it, and so I kept asking my coach, you know, hey coach, I want to play running back. Let right. Me, let me get in and play running back because you know you played it when you played Sandlot or other things that you did. You had to, you could play it then. But mm-hmm. I decided. I asked him, and finally he says, "All right, let's, all right, go in there and do it." Mm-hmm. So one of my first. Um, practices or one you know several practices i get in and i just ran and when you and you do that and he's looking at you going run forest oh, oh yeah, pretty much, right? run forest and so then then we got into a drill okay and you know one you know back then we had drills where oklahoma oh, yeah oklahoma yeah. so we had drills. drills real drills <laughs> i lowered the shoulder on someone and 
you know, to this day, if I see that brother, he's like. He's still in concussion protocol, huh? He don't play football. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> he, went, he went to go run two laps on the track. That's exactly I'll run what he said. He goes, look, hey, I, Oklahoma at that moment, drill. I realized I was done. And... Oklahoma <laughs> drill making more basketball yeah. players than, than anywhere in the world. Well, the, the beautiful thing about running back is that um, the ball's in your hands. Uh-huh. There's yep. a certain amount of responsibility. Yep. Uh, people are looking at you. And there's a certain thing going on with you mentally because it's you against – you have your teammates and they got to make their blocks. But you know there's 11 angry guys coming after you. For sure. And so – Well, maybe 10 because maybe the corner is like – if 220 pounds – Yeah, if, he's, if you're coming downhill <laughs> – I'll stay blocked. That's, that's <laughs> right. That's a business decision. You know what? What you get is you get that, that tackle when the arm yeah, kind of yep, goes to the side. Yeah, so exactly. I, I've seen that happen a couple of times. And, you know, you're running. You know, when you know you're in the moment and you're running and you're seeing a guy do that, I just chuckle. <laughs> wow, just laughing at him in the I, game. Yeah. And and the thing about uh running back that you you just kinda touching on, it's almost like I mean, obviously there's the aiming points and who you gotta block and pass pro, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is like a natural kind of just feel. It is. It, yeah. it, it's kinda interesting because there's times where when you're playing the game, it, it's not about you know the play. Right. Right? And you can go do a drill and coach say, I need you to do this drill, make a cut, do a span and do that. Right. And put your hand down and Yeah. <laughs> No. Right, right. I don't know how to do that. Right, but if you get in the game, mm-hmm. you're gonna react to what you're seeing, what you're feeling. You know the the basics, but it's no different than how you get into your professional life. You know the basics, right? But you don't really understand what you know. All the knowledge you've gathered through practice and perfect repetitions. Drills, yep. That when you get into the when you get into the game and you see something come in front of you, how do you make the right? That play? second nature. Yep. You know how do you you see someone coming and you're like, oh my god, did you just see what he just did? I mean, you you think uh, some of the running back, like Josh Jacobs here with the Raiders, mm-hmm. some of the stuff that he does, phenomenal. He's not practicing that, right? But he's practiced so much on how to be great. Second mm-hmm. nature that to him. It's second nature to him. Yeah, and that's where you have to get to. Yeah, and that's and that's tough to do. Yeah, and and it takes a special talent. So the guys you're seeing in the NFL, I don't care what what level they're at, mm-hmm. where they got, how they got drafted, whatever the case may be, if they're you know if they made it free agent unsigned rookie free agent like two of my best friends and end up playing seven eight years in the league it is special to be in that league they legit no that's that one percent man that's yeah (laughs) percent of a percent (laughs) they legit (laughs) for sure so you in your shoot your shot moment you talked about really being selective and where you want to go so tell us about the ultimate decision of how you made the choice to go to notre dame and then day one well the ultimate choice was the brotherhood, right? Okay. It's the guys that I that I met there. On your recruiting trip? On my recruiting trip. So <laughs> you kind of get the feeling of you going back. And, and I'll be honest, man, I, you know, I mentioned earlier I was a nerd jock. So I actually I, – I didn't know what to do. Okay. I really didn't. My, my parents, uh, they were very supportive, uh, pushed me to the limit to make sure my grades were good. I mean, i give you a story. I, I was in high school, and, you know, I started as a true freshman on varsity. Um, and so when I did that, my uh, I'm my there my freshman year, the coach my grades came down a little bit. You know, I made straight A's, mm-hmm. and that's what my that was what my parents were used to. That was their expectation, for right? Me. Mm-hmm. And so my my dad looked at I looked at my grades. I said, Hey, I went from an A to a B, and from in this class I had a C. And my my coach said, Hey, let me talk to your dad. Now a little birdie told me. 
don't just let my dad go in there to that <laughs> office without telling him what was going on. What was happen. going on, right. right. But I was like, ah, oh, coach got it. You know, you're still young. You don't know how to navigate it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I go in there, and I say, dad, coach want to talk to you. <laughs> what do you want to talk to me about? I don't know. <laughs> Second mistake. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. so he walks in there, know. and my coach says, hey, 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 Mr. Vickers, you know, football season's here. Right. We're doing this. Jay, such he's so good, and and he's this dad and everything else. And my dad's like, "Yep, okay, what's the problem?" Mm-hmm. He goes, "Well, his grades came down a little bit, but that happens during football." My dad looked at me, shook his head, <laughs> looked back at the coach, and said, "Grade slip, football slips. Ooh. Make a decision." Mm. And we walked out. After that, I had all A's. Damn right you did. <laughs> so, That's big so I learned then the value of the education piece. Sure. Plus, I didn't want to get into what we call trouble back then. And if you know my household, my dad <laughs> and my mom were not opposed to uh, great disciplinary action. <laughs> and so what I did was I made a point to say, I'm going to keep my grades up to stay out of trouble. So, 100%. And so when I started looking at these schools based on their academic prowess, okay. like a Notre Dame, um, I really still didn't know what it meant. So I've heard all the recruited jargon and everything that I've heard from all the different coaches. And Lou Holtz, his recruiting jargon is ridiculous. I mean, the guy gets paid to speak all over the country yeah. and all over the world. <laughs> right. So when he made the comment, Jay, no matter what school you go to, uh-huh. the next four years of your life are going to be unbelievable. You're going to make great friends. You may even make, meet your wife. You're going to do this, X, Y, Z. So let me tell you now, about how Notre Dame could be for you for the next 40 years. Dang. I was blown. <laughs> Got you. And I can tell you already, all my teammates, all my all my brothers from, all my Notre Dame brothers, they had the same story that came under that recruiting class and before us. And they would tell you about those next 40 years. Mm-hmm. And granted, do we all have the success story that we want? That doesn't matter what school you go to, it might not right. happen. But the brotherhood that we have, the connections, the relationships. Absolutely. Um, the diversity of those relationships has allowed us to really do some really great things. And I tell you what, I can call that school now. I can go back there and they have our full support. It's a great it's a great institution, man. And it's funny that you say that because they always say that Duke basketball has a similar kind of pitch with Coach K, like a yeah. flawless pitch. Like, hey, you're going to play good basketball here, but you set for the next 40 years. <laughs> you good. Too. Right. So that, that yeah. that's amazing. So – we touched on it a little bit. Leaving Florida, South Bend, Indiana. There's a lot of fields out there. And they're gonna do it, it, it's, music. It's, it's a little different. South Bend. South Bend is definitely a little different. I met some great people though. Absolutely. And so fantastic. And one thing that going to Notre Dame taught me to do is you get to the opportunity not to just meet people from your region. Mm-hmm. because it's a school that's respected worldwide. So you have Absolutely. the opportunity to meet people from New York, from the West Coast, from the Southwest, from the Southeast. You know, I mean, you meet people from the South. We all eat grits differently. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's that's some, a fact. You know, so how Texas, do you eat them, by the way? Oh, man, I'm, I'm true South. I'm butter and cheese. And, and, okay. No, but you – <laughs> no, you don't, you don't talk, put no sugar like yeah you, you i know cats sugar Texas, grits, they like man. to put sugar and yeah, stuff yeah like um that's like cream of wheat <laughs> like who eats that <laughs> facts 
So good. You true. Nah, nah, keep you roll moving. a little sugar on your grape. Oh, man. Lord. Oh, no man. homo. All right, Please let's go. That. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's Please go. Say no. Please say no homo after you say it's okay to put sugar in your grits, Miles. Yeah, man. Because you know better right, than that, Paul, man. All right, Paul, let's go to the next. <laughs> so, no, so but. did you feel when you kind of went in there that you got the bait and switch? So, you know, you get this amazing, you know, speech and pitch from Lou. And then, like, once you – because you came on and right when, like, your coach was uh, – Coach Davies, right? So we had a year of Coach Holtz, then we had David. Then you had David, right. got you. And so um, when we did that switch, there wasn't a bait and switch. I will say that because what he promised okay. and what my uh, running back coach uh, promised, Coach Earl Mosley, was the education you're going to receive there, mm-hmm. that brotherhood we talked about, and that was true, and the ability to meet so many different people. And um, That's that, awesome. That part was true. Right. Um, we didn't expect Lou Holtz to retire at yeah. when he did. That was unexpected. So, and I don't think he truly expected it either at that point. But the fact of the matter is, is it happened. So, mm-hmm. and no matter what you do in life, you're going to find diversity. So that's probably the first time I had to deal with diversity, change of leadership, seeing how, how difficult it is for someone to just replace somebody in leadership. Right. How do you go through that process appropriately when you are, um, you know, now the leader of a new team, doesn't matter if it's in business or what have you, and you didn't recruit that team. Right. Those aren't the people that you brought in. And so. you're replacing the legend and, like, Absolutely. all the, you know, the the, the le- legacy. Because we know, like, LeBron's the GOAT, but, like, he's just chasing the ghost of, of Michael. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know why he said GOAT. But, but yeah. he is a GOAT, though. You know, whether you want to compare him, you know, whatever, he's chasing a legacy. So yeah. that's the point that we're being made here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just like to deal with him. So, all right. Um, with that, he had some successes. There were some some things that you guys went to a lot of bowl games. Yeah. This is when Notre Dame was yeah. cracking. Was man. Cr- killing it. I yeah. mean, some and like the people that because the time you went, you said you came in ninety ninety six ninety six, right? Right. So. That whole time frame that you were there, one, y'all were wrecking heads. The competition you guys are playing globally, like USC, I remember knocking USC, the people you're playing against are like Hall of Famers. <laughs> just, yeah. just legendary, man. So give us like a game day experience that you remember, whether it was a bowl game or just, just being in the atmosphere of like going to Michigan. Strapping on that helmet. That and can, and that beating Tom dog. Brady. Well, I can tell you, my <laughs> one of my favorite memories is um, – when we played at, at LSU in a oh, regular okay. season game. Mm-hmm. So you've heard of Death Valley mm-hmm. and how, you know, just how that crowd is and the fan base. They're very passionate about yes. their team and they're loud and the decibels there. And, Go Tigers. I mean, <laughs> and you're sitting there and you're going, man, this, we're going into the – they want to make us Tiger bait. We right. got to go in here and <laughs> we see what go, we let's do. Let's go, right. And so we, we go there and it's kickoff. And everything you've heard about how loud it is, the excitement behind it, is is true. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm actually on the sidelines at kickoff, screaming at the top of my lungs to my teammate, saying, "Man, this is crazy." What? And, and he's saying, "Huh? <laughs> huh?" And I'm like, "This is crazy, huh? Huh?" But Damn. he kicked it off, and I'm going to use this name. One of my teammates is Alan Rossum, um, who just uh, was did he get selected to the Hall of Fame? I know he was nominated for the Hall of Fame this year. So Alan Rossum, he led the he led the league, led the country that year in punt returns, kickoff returns, just unbelievable talent mm-hmm. from Texas, just incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. They kick it off to him. He returns it like fifty yards. 
almost took it to the house. Okay. Just one more block, he takes it to the house. It gets, I mean, you can hear a pin, pin drop. drop. <laughs> but then it comes back. Mm-hmm. And I will say at the time, they had Kevin Falk on their team, too. Ooh. So, it's, I mean, we're playing some good competition here. Uh, yeah. And we end up beating them. Mm-hmm. And But come fourth quarter, how we're talking in this studio, that's how we were talking on that sideline. Shut them up. Because the difference between that time period and Notre Dame, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the score. It doesn't matter if we're winning or losing. Our fans don't leave. No. Mm-hmm. And so sure. there, for us, to, we finally looked back and said, where are all the fans? They were all Notre Dame fans. Nice. Wow. All the LSU fans were gone. <laughs> I'm not saying it's like that now, but that's how it was during that time period. Nice. So give me that feeling of, of putting the, the Golden Dome on, man, all the tradition with it and, you know. I always bring up Rudy, but just we, we've heard a little bit about the walk-on tradu- tradition there as well. Yes, yeah, so we had uh, Jerome Sapp on. Jerome Sapp, oh, yeah. on. Jerome he, Sapp could do. He put me on game on what the walk-on tradition is there. Yeah. And, Which uh, we didn't know that whole story. So like, At all. Took that to a different level. Because yeah. <laughs> at first we're like, uh, I'm like, are y'all, yeah. all these great athletes at Notre Dame, and I, first thing people think of is Rudy. Rudy. Like, yeah. That's a little disrespectful. But he taught me about the. Well, it's a heck of a movie. The I mean, walk-on. Yeah. yeah. I mean. He still does like autograph signs yeah, and stuff still, there all the time. I ran into him at a Whole Foods. I was going to uh, ask because he's, he's still here in town, yeah, right? he's still in town. So. Wow. So give me that feeling of just putting the dome on. I mean, it, it's one of those things where you have a responsibility mm. because now you're wearing a different badge. And so when you're looking at a situation where you're going, man, I, when you put that helmet on, you're saying, I have a different type of responsibility right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to be responsible not only on this field, but also I need to be responsible when I'm in the community. Mm. And so that's what that field is. And quite frankly, you don't, you don't, you're not sure if you're ready for that at that time. Wow. Because every game is a big moment. Jeez. There's no... There's no easy games at Notre Dame because okay. before all the TV deals that you see now, Notre Dame already had a TV deal. It was like it was NBC always back always. then. Always, yeah, all of our well. all of our games were televised. Mm-hmm. All of our home games were NBC. Mm-hmm. There was no other TV deals out there that would get you on national television. Okay. Other than Notre Dame, you had regional games back then, where you can catch your Florida State Seminoles and that. But you can see Notre Dame from coast to coast. Yeah. And what that means is when we play a team that you may say, hey, they should beat them pretty good. Mm-hmm. We get in their very best. Oh, yeah. You get they that's know Super Bowl. at that moment, their mama, their dad, Everybody their watching sister, it. their cousin, their girlfriend can watch them play that day. Mm-hmm. Right. And that may be the only time they're on national television. For right. sure. So they want to show out. They want to show out. Did you – Did you? real quick, I'm sorry, EJ. Did yeah, you so go to – did you get there? There was a guy named Emmett Mosley there. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, Emmett Mosley was a legend in Colorado. So I'm from oh, Colorado. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's same age as like my older brother, but he was like enemy number one, public enemy number one. He went to Mullen High School. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I remember Emmett Mosley, and I didn't like Notre Dame for a couple years just because Emmett Mosley went there. Yeah, he uh he was a senior when I was a freshman. Okay. And he was unbelievable. I yeah. just one play when I. Uh, my freshman year, I think we were playing Ohio State. They had Orlando Pace. Mm-hmm. Pepe Pearson was on their team. Um, I think we were number five. They were number three in the country. Jeez. And this was Lou Holtz last year. And, you know, we were getting we were getting beat. Probably they were up like, I think, two touchdowns or something okay. about to go into the halftime. And I knew the plays. And I was injured at the time. So I was sitting up. So when you're injured back then, 
you were up in the stands. Mm. Oh, wow. And so they had us up in the stands, Man. but we had our own little section. That's right. Um, so I'm watching the play because I'm watching it from the end zone. And I'm going, and it's probably, we're 80 yards from, you know, from the other end zone. And I'm like, coach just called a screenplay. <laughs> what? You see it develop. You're like, I'm already seeing it. I know right, what it was. Like, oh, what's going on? And I'm looking. He throws it to Emmett. Mostly's going down the field 79 yeah, yards. He was, <laughs> he was a problem. He didn't score. That's why I said 78, 79 yards. <laughs> but the fact that he knew he can trust yeah. Emmett to, get to make him, that play, to yeah. make that play, yeah. and he knew what play to call mm-hmm. and who to give it to, that showed you the talent he had. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Mosley was a dude. And last one before we move on, man, because we got to talk about it, man. Like, so, you know, like you said, a lot of adversity. You went through through school, and then you make a glorious return to the Japan yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you say, yo, let me go ahead, rack up these yards, yeah. get this game MVP, and a global game over in Japan, which you, we kind of hit that, you know, Notre Dame is a global university. It's, it's on that scale, man, but that had to be. You know what's interesting in that game? There was 20,000 fans at the Tokyo Dome. Okay. To watch that game. Wow. Uh, which was, I thought was pretty insane. To be well, honest. I didn't even know they had football over there. So I'm just I didn't either. There was, <laughs> my people play over there now. They were celebrating. Yeah, they were celebrating 75 years of football. So they were having this preseason game. And they called it Notre Dame Legends. Now, I'm not a Notre Dame legend from that standpoint. Um, but, I mean, we had. You are now. you legendary, boy. <laughs> but we had Tim Brown. Yeah, was our coach. wide receiver coach. Coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Lou had, came back Lou to came coach. Lou came back it. to coach. Mm-hmm. We had Chris Zorch, mm-hmm. who's a Hall of Famer, That's and awesome. as our defensive line coach. Joe Montana was supposed to be the quarterback coach, but he had some other commitments he had to make. That's crazy. Um, it was just unbelievable the type of people. We had Reggie Brooks, who was definitely a Notre Dame legend, who was our running backs coach. And if you ever seen Reggie Brooks play, I just say just look it up on YouTube, man. Yeah. He had to play against SC for our, for those LA fans out there. <laughs> that uh, it's just legendary. Yeah. Um, but. When when he called out, you know my my career was cut short at Notre Dame due to a shoulder injury, and it just I had arthritis build up in the shoulder, and I had multidirectional slippage, and so never really got a chance to take off once you got that close to yeah. the ultimate dream, right? Mm-hmm. Which is every every athlete's ultimate dream is to make it to the to professional lead. ranks, yep. right? And so I didn't have that opportunity, um, so it always was like, man, I don't want to hang them up, so. I work out, not to work out to go play, but I definitely wanted to just stay in shape. It's just part of my, of who I am, mm-hmm. right? And so one of my teammates, who was the all-time leading Russian Notre Dame history, is Autry Denson, yeah. who was my big brother in college as well. Okay. And he goes, Jay, you should you should definitely try out. Because we had to try out. For this. Right. Uh, yeah. He goes, you know, you should definitely try out. You know, you stay in shape, man. Just go do it. I'm going to do it. You should, you should definitely you should go do, do it. it. Mm-hmm. And I go, all the spends paid trips to, to Japan. <laughs> if you make it, you got to make the team. He said, dude, you'll make it. You'll be fine. I said, look, you I said, dude, I haven't put on pads and hit anybody in 11 years. Yeah, bro. I, I say at least when 11 years. When I saw years. that, I was because like I was reading, I was just thinking it was like a, a you know. I saw that. A, like yeah. a, a. 31 years a old. Game yeah. I was like, how? <laughs> yeah, so I said 11 <laughs> years, bro. And he goes, he said, listen, dude, it's, I'm going to be there. And show um, how. He mentioned. You know, we had some other guys from the from the, from the past. Lee Becton was going to be there. Mm-hmm. So legendary guys, you know, Ray Zellers, Ray Z, shout out to Ray Z. He was going to be there. These are all legends. And I'm like, oh, man, I, I want to just be there, just be with them. So, dude, you may do 10 plays. And a play may be 
you know, decoy on a, on a pass route right. or something like that. You may carry the ball a couple of times, just make the team. Well, it turned out <laughs> he had a prior commitment. A commitment came up. He got a new job. He couldn't go. <laughs> oh, there you so go. he did the tryouts. I made the team. He couldn't go. Lee Betton had a new job. He couldn't go and be gone for darn near two weeks. Yes, let's so go. So I'm looking at Reggie saying, I had, I called him. We just started this relationship. I called him and said, hey, man. Um, yeah, so <laughs> you know Coach Holtz. He's going to run that ball. He's going to run the run. Who rock. else is running that ball? He is going to run that ball. Now, rock. I was lucky because and very fortunate that I was at Fresno State at the time as an administrator, my first job in college athletics. And I was able, I asked athletic director for permission, and my boss at the time was Danny White, who is the, the athletic director of athletics for the University of Central Florida right now. Mm-hmm. And that's who hired me my first job into college athletics. I said, hey, look, there's this opportunity. And he also went to Notre Dame. Okay. And that helps. He, he goes, well, <laughs> I said, look, there's this opportunity. They're doing this game. He goes, oh, you need to do it. So they allowed me to work out with the Fresno State football team. Okay. And so before I started to work out with them, I mean, I actually was doing that mat drills. So before that started, I started just That's working out. Yeah, oh yeah, I started uh, working out uh, more with one of the uh, the strength coaches. Uh huh. And I was like, I said, "Hey man, is it time for me to go?" Right. I said, "I can't just go out there and embarrass myself with mm-hmm. these young guys." He's like, "We'll get you right." So I'm doing, you know, stadiums, <laughs> running, and he's doing drills. Cue with the me. Rocky music, and man. Like was, the his name was EJ too, right? <laughs> so EJ got me. He's also with tracks. We doing all these wonderful uh, things, man. And I finally get out there. And I'm doing drills. I'm talking about if they're running, I'm doing the hundreds with them. And I got to tell you, I was, I was never last. And I ran with the speed group. There you go. Somebody's so, scholarship needed to uh, yeah. get remote, right? I got to like, tell you. I got to tell you. So, I went somebody out there. Somebody old friends will say some money back. Yeah, so, they like, Look. so then, and I, and I told the coaches, treat me like, not an administrator, like, like the like players. players. So mm-hmm. they say, take your shirts off. So I take my shirt off. And. A lineman came up to me. He goes, "Oh hell no!" So how old is this dude? Why he more ripped than all of us? So the jeans were there still. That's so awesome, that worked man. out. Well, so I started running and um, end up going to the game. Showed out, and no MVP. one knew what how it was going to happen and what was going to you know what was going to happen. But you know, it's it one of the the best things that I love doing is was able to get back to a point where. I can go do it. My kids said they want to see me play. I was able to make it happen. Um, That's dope, man. One of the things, though, one of our old linemen asked, he says, hey, look, dude, you came back to the huddle. And, you know, we, we weren't really moving the ball yet. Mm-hmm. And you looked at the old line and said, look, man, I need one block. Just give me one block. We good. We get back into play. That's when I did that. Of the sideline. The big one. Yeah. Man, That's good I, stuff. I want to give you a standing ovation for that because I saw 31 years old and I'm like, how did he get himself in shape to play another game? The thought of playing the game for me right now hurts. So, but like, not even 31 like you've been in the game. Just like, I'm just going to come out. Again, <laughs> I said, how? Period. <laughs> Jeez, nah, man, man. That's, that's, that's what's up. That's awesome. That's, that's hey, awesome. I, hurt well, for, I hurt for two weeks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, that yeah. was a good, but that was a different time. That was a good hurt, though. It was, was a good hurt, That man. was a good so hurt. So that trophy's still at the house. Hey, so there you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, hey, man, we had too much fun down memory lane, so we're going to have to speed up a little bit, man. We want to no jump problem. into in the game, um, or, you know, this is where we talk about kind of um, how you got started, and you mentioned some of this thing. And I think to, to start it off, just really acknowledging, especially when you come to the business side of things, is relationships mean so much. Absolutely. And you've 
started with a great foundation of an organization, and I'm calling the school an organization that understands relationships and give you deep-rooted relationships. So how did starting off, you know, because you went actually the corporate side, I'll say, you know, mm-hmm. starting off with, I think, uh, Pfizer and, and Hershey's with some of your fight, like first jobs coming out. It was. Um, what was it, you know, taking, why'd you take those jobs, you know, after coming out of school, and then what made you transition and want to get back into working in sports or in the college realm? Good question. That's a great question. So when I, you know, again, I'm a first-generation college grad, so understanding the impact of education, but also not knowing what jobs were out there. Oh, yes. So one of the things that you see in a lot of um, different families when the education pieces aren't there, we don't know what's out there. We don't right. know what kind of jobs you have. So even with our students we have on our campus at UNLV, mm-hmm. we need to educate our young people on how they can use their skills that they learned at school. Just find a passion and go after it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I found different things I enjoy. Like I do resume building. So what I was in at Notre Dame, I was a junior career counselor okay. where I did resume workshops for student for athletes. Students. And my first resume was, on, was just on a piece of notebook paper. <laughs> and I had a mentor who, um, Jennifer Quittenden, who taught me how to do a resume. Okay. And I was able to take that and also teach others how to do their resume. That's yeah. fine, to man. the point I had a resume workshop and I had different um, companies there. One was Hershey. The other was Gallo Wines. Hershey was showing me, and I didn't know where to go. I just knew I needed to get a job. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go back to Florida <laughs> without a job. And so um, Hershey came to me and said, look. They're showing me Detroit and all these different places. And Gallo said, I don't know, I did a resume workshop and Gallo's there. I walked off the stage and Gallo goes, hey, the representative for Gallo asked me, say, how does West Palm Beach sound? I said, that sounds great. <laughs> when is, I'm from Florida. When is the interview? Mm-hmm. And her direct, her, I mean, verbatim was, you just had it. And that's wow. how I got my first job. That's wow. boss right there. And so from there... Um, I was still getting recruited from Hershey, no point intended. It was a sweeter deal. <laughs> Moving to Orlando. Moving to Orlando, then I got promoted quickly. I was the state manager of South Carolina. Mm. Then I got recruited by Pfizer, and I ended up um, in Atlanta overseeing uh, five states and a broker team there. But I kept looking back at uh, athletics yeah. and understand what they were doing. Didn't know what the guys in the suits were doing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, just wondering what's going on. I started asking more questions. You now, if you go to a athletics website, you're gonna say, "Man, what does this assistant AD to yeah. do? Or to, what does that this, person right, do? Or a that director of this? Or development. Yeah. And so, when I finally said, "Look, I want to make a big change," which meant pay cut, which meant you know doing some things a little bit different that's gonna put me in a different situation. This takes me to my second shot, right? Um, that I took and I bet it on myself. Um, at the time, I was a a single dad, and I said, look, I want to get into athletics. So mm-hmm. I used my Notre Dame connections and that brotherhood and got on a conversation with Gene Smith, who was AD at, at Ohio State. Yes, Gene. And he was also a Notre Dame alum. And he first thing he said is, Jay, I don't have a job for you right now, but I'm looking at your resume. He took 30 minutes with me, and he said, you know, you have great experience. You work for three Fortune 500 companies, and the biggest thing you learned was relationship building. He said, you need to be in development. I said, what is development? Right. I said, it's just like sales, but you're representing the student athletes. You're representing the institution, and you are getting people to invest into your future. Mm. That's fundraising. 
I said, so that's how I got my scholarship. He goes, absolutely. Mm. I said, I can do that. So it gave me another passion that I can go out and be a mouthpiece, if you will, for other young people like myself. So they can have other, you know, that generational change when it came to education. Because I know what that looks like. I know what it feels and the impact it has on a family. Because I'm not the oldest. My, I have an older sister who's two years older than me. Right. Since I've graduated, she's graduated. Mm. My brother, who's eight and a half years younger than me, he's graduated. Mm. But you want to know what's even more powerful? My mom is graduated. Oh, wow. And so it, not only does it go forward, it goes backwards. Backs, yes, yes. And so to have the opportunity to do that and make a change in our family and how we look at education was very impactful. So from there, I took that bet on myself. And I told my sons, look, we're moving to Fresno. Because I called Danny White. He says, man, I'm loving your, your resume. I mm -hmm. want to give you a chance. You can build relationships. We head out to Fresno. And I landed there with nothing. And I said, I took a huge pay cut from what I was making in corporate America. Yes. And said, you know what? If you're passionate about what you want to do, you have that drive, you just make it work. And, you know, a couple of years later, we were back to where I used to be. Right. We're back to do things the way that we like to do it. You know, it wasn't like, hey, just eat these leftovers all day. <laughs> you know, it was just we made it happen. And then I felt good about what I was doing, what I was selling what we were trying to tell people to do. I like it. Yeah. How much of that came from, I guess, just the process of playing? You know, the the, the end part of your career is like, ah, I want to go to pro. If I can't play, injuries have me. Yep. And then now to change careers in the middle of, you know, to your second, you know, profession, what about your makeup? Where did that come from to, to be able to have the mental strength to kind of get through those parts? My parents, my family. Um, just having that motivation, the will not to quit. Yeah. You know, then being able to put together um, core values that work for me. Mm -hmm. And and it's kind of corny. I know I mentioned earlier I'm a nerd jock. So nah. I, I, my core values are instilled by heart, just having enough heart to go out and do something. But that heart is broken down by H being hardworking, E is excellence with integrity. My dad always said, look, we might not have a lot, but we will have character and integrity. And so you can have excellence, but that doesn't always follow with integrity, right? Right. And so then A is for accountability, not just accountable for the negative things that happen in your life, but also the positive things, right? Like sometimes we got to pat ourselves on the back. Like what sure. you guys are doing right now. Celebrate those wins, that's, man. That's, that's big. Yeah. Um, the R is respect for people and the T is teamwork. You can't do a lot of what we're doing without you yeah. know, having people that you can rely on, depend on, and make those things happen. So right. I've been very fortunate to be able to be around people ever since I was a kid that said, hey, don't do that or do this or let mm -hmm. me show you this, mm -hmm. but also having the ability to listen. To listen. Yeah. To be coachable, be part of a team. Yeah, got to be part coachable, of man. Yep. Yeah. So really quick, man, just to, so we can stay on, man, we're rocking and rolling. So we got the quick hit sponsored by Thick Fit, all right? So when it comes to your health, it starts in the kitchen. Whether you're losing weight or trying to stay fit, it starts with what you eat. So Thick Fit Meal Prep is here to help you along the way, uh, providing healthy, delicious meals that are easy, on the go, fitting everyone's lifestyle. Call 702-850-3388 or on Instagram, Thick Fit Meal Prep. So, Miles, you got those quick hits? I do. Let's get it. So, Jay, real quick, first time you've been starstruck? Um, if I ever. <laughs> first time I was starstruck, I was at, um, Super Bowl when it was in Jacksonville, 
and Barry Sanders was at this party. Mm. Sweet. Yeah. That's dope. Them quads is huge, too. <laughs> uh, shout out to somebody in your playing career that you played that was like, that's a real dude. <laughs> that is a quick hit, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm somebody gonna... that quick hit you. <laughs> <laughs> First person, thank Kevin Falk. Nice, oh. nice. Okay. Start one. Place one of these players on the bench, and then you got to cut one. Start okay. one of them, place one on the bench. You got to cut Autry Denton, Jerome Bettis, Rocket Ismail. Man, that's not fair. Man. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that one. <laughs> Better figure it out, coach. I don't know if I can answer that one. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, I'm sweating on that one, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's. I can't. Well, you got to remember, though, we, we did running back back committee with yeah. those guys. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you talk about incredible talent where not one of those guys deserved to be on anybody's bench. <laughs> I mean, or on anybody's bench, and you definitely can't cut them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to say this. Archer Dis is going to be my running back Yep. Um, to start because Jerome Bettis actually was a fullback in college. Okay. Yep. So Ooh. he'll be a fullback. Way to navigate yourself out of yeah. that one. Okay. Number six. Yeah. Let's okay. go. Yeah, Number dude. six. And obviously we have Rocket to do his thing. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So more dislike, USC or Michigan? Michigan. Oh, that was quick. I'm surprised by that. but Yeah. Whatever yeah. happened to the – the? because uh, I'm a Miami guy too, so – that uh, that rivalry. I wish they would bring that back, but I don't think it would ever be the same as it was back in the day. Uh, it's a little different now. It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's a little different. It's now. a little different. They played now. a good game against Florida State uh, last week, though. Boy, they yeah, did. yeah, they did. Florida State, you got some work to do. Got some really. They work. got some work to do. I bring mean, those mess jerseys back out with the belly button showing, because yeah, yeah. One of my high school teammates is the. He played there. He's their wide receiver coach, uh, Ron Dugans. So uh -huh. if I I got belief in Ron, he'll get it right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Do it. So. Don't want to glaze over everywhere you went before we get into the winning circles. I do want to spend time because you, you're dropping some stuff here. But um, you've touched a lot of places, and yeah. I'm just going to rattle off a couple of them just to give them shine because, you know, they are a part of your journey. Of course. Um, but in, in no particular order, but you've mentioned Fresno State, um, University of Arizona, UNLV, back to – well, not back-to-back, -back, but you've had a couple stints there. Oh, well, back-to-back uh, -back if you want to talk about the different roles, right? Mm -hmm. So you started kind of uh, on the more of the uh, sports side and then now on the school side, right, yep, the, the, the administrative side. Um, and uh, NIU, I feel like I'm missing one, but Wisconsin. just oh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Yep. absolutely. Yep. So those are very different universities and reasons you go there. You know, you added certain things to your tool belt and to your toolkit because you went, like you said, from the fundraising to ticket sales to, you know, front of the office, sports to athletics. What was the biggest thing that you learned from there and what was like the hardest skill that you developed? I would say understanding how to navigate the political landscape of Ooh. a campus. Ooh. So you're Ooh. dealing with different people from landmines. Uh, yeah. So you're dealing with different people, not only from your student athletes and what their needs are, okay. wants are. You're dealing with the people internally in your on your team, um, your staff, your colleagues, as well as the people that are, you serve externally. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of those roles, I've been fortunate to be in leadership roles. So I'm serving externally and I consider myself a servant leader so to be in a position where everyone is a teammate of mine okay they don't report to me right you know? 
I remember one of my um, mentees, which I, is an honor to be somebody's mentor, right? Facts. Um, he, you know, he would introduce me and say, hey, this is my boss. And I would say, wait a minute. I'm your colleague. Mm. I love it. And I would That's do dope. that in front of the donor. They said, no, no, no. I'm a colleague. I work for him. I love we work it. together. We're a That's team. That's good stuff, man. And That's that way it showed that you wanted people to be with you and work with you. Um, did I have to go out and help build, you know, uh, a donor, a donor event or stuff like that? No, but I want to do it anyway because I always wanted to show, you know, if I, especially if I had the time to show my teammates that just because my title doesn't mean anything. Right. My title is just how they separate how we get the job done. Yeah. And so, but, and when you're on a team and you're in the red zone, this is kind of one of the, you know, uh, things I like to use as metaphors I like to use is, you know, it doesn't matter how you get down to the red zone, but once you get to the red zone, That's we fun. all got to come together. You're yeah. going to see the coach call a timeout. <laughs> Quarterback's going to say, how do we get into the end zone? We got to punch it in. Score? We got to get in there. And the only way you score is everybody, everybody has to do their job. Yes. No one could be sitting there just pointing, saying, you do this and you do that. And so I feel like when we're in the red zone, we have to work together. I like it. So now um, we're going to get into the winner's circle, man. This is that platform. And this is, I'm excited. You know, you're dropping some exclusive stuff here on Black and Sports, <laughs> man. You know, we, you know, we're first to really kind of um, talk about what you have going on. So, you know, your title is, you know, over the research and innovation. And um, just really was surprised because we had a kind of little, little bit of conversation before this but just what's going on there so tell us a little bit about that role in that title and you know how you guys are looking to maximize performance in sports here in las vegas absolutely so we, we've seen unprecedented growth in in our city i mean we are regarded as the entertainment capital of the world mm-hmm. but you've i would you know challenge anyone to ask to see ha- have you seen any growth in sports the way you've seen growth in sports and Las Vegas, from the Aces to who are now in the WNBA Finals, the Golden Knights that perform year after year. Now we have the Raiders, the Lights, um, UFC. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. When you think about boxing, boxing. Um, you still think about Las Vegas, yeah. right? So and we are the epicenter of sports when you when biggest you summer league like we expanded summer league we exactly. took over that like so, so even all the different ncaa is bringing a lot of their tournaments right, here yeah, yep. i mean it's, we're starting to become that mecca of sports uh, that hope. we yeah. that we should be and yeah. that hub is there um but what we need to make sure we recognize is that we also have a really great institution here that serves not only this community but also can serve um the sports community mm. And not just the sports community locally in the southern region, but also across the country. Okay. And the reason why we can do that is because of the great talent that we have uh, with our faculty, our researchers, and our students, and who are doing who are doing great things in research and innovation. And so, what we wanted to do as an institution is create a platform where we can start to highlight and showcase the talents of our our great faculty and our staff and our and um and our students. And so to be able to do that, we're going to utilize sports research and innovation to allow us to be able to give them the opportunity to showcase that. Like, for example, you may have heard of the young lady who, um, Haley's arm. Haley's pitch, yeah, Haley's arm. so when she did that at the World Series, she threw the first pitch at the World Series. What you didn't realize is that that innovation was done right here in Las Vegas at UNLV. That's crazy. And so... Not only have we done this great research and these great innovations, we've also done a great job of keeping it a secret. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we're going to take the <laughs> lid off with sports research and innovation, just like we've done it with athletics, just like we've done it in our community and our city. We need to be able to do that as an institution to show, hey, here's another reason why you need to put UNLV on the map. Here's another reason why, if you're not considering coming to UNLV or Las Vegas, you need to. And so we're going to have the opportunity to do that. We have a president that believes in economic development and uh, President Keith Whitfield, who is our first African-American president. That's so dope. In the history Clap of up that, man. So happy to see him here. So it's going to be very um, interesting as we move forward in doing that. We're going to showcase um, what we call our pillars of excellence to ensure that we – and these are just our initial areas of focus. And that's mm-hmm. what I was – that was one of my questions I was going to ask. So it, you initially identified 11 pillars that you want to kind of – operate on so it's great to hear that you're gonna you know as the need sees fit or or, or you're nimble enough to kind of make those changes well, we have to be if yeah. you if you want to be successful in the business you have to be nimble enough to react to uh, what's happening in today's world uh-huh. and so one of the things and just kind of give you an example of that is one of the pillars at one time was women in sports because we want to make sure there's equality and equity yeah. in sport and when we talk about sport we're not just talking about the game we're talking about in leadership, we're talking mm-hmm. about in coaching and administration. Or one of the main the things that you spoke about earlier, right? Exactly. Or, the, or the thing that I had an issue with is like, I I didn't know that you could do other things in sports other than being a coach or player. Absolutely. So identifying those different areas and highlighting them and creating curriculum and around that. And make sure there's equity within that. Mm. So, but to ensure that, and the women in sport piece is super important. And we have some really good academia that can back up that research and support that. But we also felt, because as we like to say, we're flying the plane as we build it, <laughs> if you will, is that... That's how the stadium was built. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're seeing the changes that are happening in our country yeah. right now. And so we say, you know what? Let's make that more inclusive. So now that pillar is called diversity and inclusion in sport. I like it, man. So that was definitely one that I wanted to highlight. So the two that jumped out to me when I looked at the 11, like they're all great p- pillars. And it was great to see you too, that we had like the golf component because we had uh, Kendall Murphy on, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. who's who's leading that and, and has been big, well, you know, uh, big involved in that and told us it's crazy how dynamic that program is and it's here in Las Vegas yeah, and, right. and it doesn't get celebrated. But yeah, right. the diversity and inclusion one was really something I was excited about and then the sports business one as well. So what are the thoughts behind creating those pillars and, and, and what are their tasks to push forward? So one of the things that we wanted to do when we looked at the pillars is say, one, I want to have a conversation, be able to sit back and really explain to people who want to support us, people who want to be involved in it, what do we do? What's sports-related research right. and innovation? Because, again, you think it's just coaching or yeah. whatever the case may be or just playing the game, but there's so many facets to it, right. the sports business side of it. You know, how do you run an uh, organization? It's very different than you going out selling cookies, right, yeah. or doing a bake sale. Right. You ha- need to be able to have the opportunity to understand ticket sales, sponsorships, fundraising, all the above. And the professional game is different than the college game. So, but, and also the needs that they have in those, yeah. in those different organizations. Right. Or there's there's some differences there. Yeah. So can we put together a platform or a curriculum where we can definitely educate our young people of the different um, dynamics of job creation? One, we can have an impact on economic development through sports business, especially right. with all the sports teams that have moved here right. and call Las Vegas home. But to be able to have our, our students stay here 
and be a part of those organizations that's would, be, dope, would be huge. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then also staying in line with being one of the, the second most diverse university in the country. Back to back, second year back in a row. Back to back, second year in a row. We need to make sure we recognize that there is a need for diversity and inclusion. That's amazing. And, and the word that I liked that you really used was nimble because sports is such a, a nimble, just a nimble business anyway, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I always think about how just media works now. And when I was in college, social media wasn't even a thing now. Absolutely. And now that's an actual career field in a lot of different avenues. So I love that you said nimble with that. Yeah, how, my, how do you stay innovative? Well, my, my uh, mentor, uh, Sean Frazier, who's the director of athletics, uh, one of my mentors um, and like a big brother to me, um, is the director of athletics at NIU. He will always say the speed of the game. <laughs> and so, and the speed of the game changes rapidly, right? So you yes. have to be able to react to that. And, you know, whether it changes based on what's going on in the country. I mean, sports is kind of the epicenter of how that works, right? right. And so, because that's where a lot of people learn about leadership skills or teamwork skills or things of that nature. There's so many skills that are learned through sport where we need to have the opportunity to be able to move quickly when something changes. I yeah. mean, that's why I, that's how I learned how to be how to persevere. You know, you right. get knocked down, you get back up. Yeah. You know, and you don't let a person see you hurt. I mean, there's been many times I got hit dead in the stomach and I'm like, all right, I wanna cry, but <laughs> it's not gonna happen right now. You know, I can worry about that later, but that's right. how but that's life, you yeah. know? And so it doesn't matter what sport you play, what court you on, what field you on you learn these basic skill sets that's going to help you be for sure. successful in life. And so you continue to try to push that. And, and allow, so us having that type of thinking yeah. and having um, the type of people on our team, like John Mercer, Dr. John Mercer, Dr. Um, Nancy Lowe, um, having those type of people on our team that gives us the ability to not only think about the academia side of it, uh, but also they understand that we have to move quick mm-hmm. when things need to happen. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. That's unbelievable, man. So um, Arizona has a kind of global institute that they're doing. Arizona State. So Arizona State. Like, yeah. what are some of the things that are a little bit different, or or, or is there any kind of collaboration opportunities there? with? Because I know Dr. Kenneth uh, over there works yeah. on, on that project. So one of the things we want to do that we had planned on doing prior to COVID was going out and to, to different institutes. So I was actually going to go to one of the summits and have the opportunity to um, to see how they do things because, again, this isn't, you know, we're looking for best practices. Right. Yeah. And But I can tell you, I don't I don't know about the differences between other institutes. I can just tell you what we're trying to accomplish. Nice. And what we're trying to accomplish is we want to blend the two and we want to break silos and we want to focus on collaboration not only internally with our with all our different divisions and our different faculty and mm-hmm. get us to work together to be a better UNLV but also be in a position where we can also work with other institutes across the country right? because the impact we make on sports doesn't have to just be done at UNLV. <laughs> you know, this is going to help us make not just bigger, faster, stronger athletes. Mm-hmm. We want, we want better prepared professionals Absolutely. as awesome, well. Man. So to be able to do that and work together with other institutes, which is what we had planned to do, um, prior to COVID, when we can go travel and do all those things, right? <laughs> um, it's something that we still want to get. We still want to make sure that happens, and hopefully, when COVID starts to slow down, or when this changes, whatever the new post-COVID is, <laughs> right. um, we want to make sure that we go out and we reach out to our sister schools and and have the opportunity to um, talk shop That's and awesome. 
uh, also share our experiences and share our research, if it can be shareable at that point, but <laughs> uh, innovations and things of that nature. But we definitely sure. want to have fun doing it. Awesome. And then, you know, you're definitely going to be promoting this. And so, you know, we want to support and figure out, I know since this is breaking, we don't have a date, but you are going to be, uh, you know, putting out like a website and, and ways the community can get involved and things like that. So absolutely. So we'll be working on um, different sponsors that we'll be working with as okay. well as uh, opportunities for philanthropic donations and things of that nature. Um, just so we can make sure we have the, the resources necessary to keep going. We've been very fortunate right now that the government, um, the governor's office of economic development has given us a grant to help, that's support awesome. our researchers and our faculty and bring our team together and believes in that vision man. and believes in that vision because oh, awesome. you know we can have a true impact with economic development and we know we need that right now across the world not just here in las vegas right um but that's what we want to focus on is how we can make that impact uh, with our students oh that's great man well like we said, man, time flies. We're having fun. I know I left a couple <laughs> questions on the table, man. So um, here's where we like to call the assist, man. This is where you give us, even though you've been dropping gems and, and giving us great feedback and things to, to, to kind of progress us and, and make us our, our level best. But if you could tell your younger self something or words to live by for our audience, what's a quick quote or mantra that you live by? A mantra I live by. Um, what's important now? Boom. Real simple. What's important now, huh? Stay focused on that. Yeah, that's just it. Just stay in that focus. If you, if I can go back to my younger self and say, Jay, just really think about what's important now before you make that mistake. Now, I, again, I talked about accountability earlier, and I believe every, every mistake I've made, every success I've had has made me to who I am today. Right. And so I don't, I wouldn't want to change that because that's how, those are my war wounds, you know? Absolutely. Those are my marks. And so I want to make sure I keep those. And that's how I earn my stripes. But if I could go back, I would say stay focused on what's important now. Yeah. There it is, man. That's beautiful. Yeah. Hey, thank you, man. We really appreciate having you on, man. This is this is amazing. Um, I want to thank the people here for listening. Uh, we definitely will drop the contact and information. And any updates we have, we'll definitely post that on our social media uh, because this is great, man. This is here happening in our backyard, and we're doing some things. We're doing really big things. So please follow us. Um, give us feedback on the show. You can find us at Black in Sports on your favorite social media platform. That is Black in Sports. And then uh, you know we drop the locker room every Tuesday. That's our short format where we talk about different topics. So maybe when we launch, we can bring you back in to talk about uh, Absolutely. talk about the sports performance and what that's doing in the locker room version. Uh, we're on all of your uh, podcast platforms, Black and Sports Podcast, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Please stay safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you. Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody in black. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody in black. Yo. Yo, yo. Look. Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black Spat bouts and racks on handmade new rags Assuming I'm rooting for everybody that's black That's everybody from sports to conscious class to rap, rap.